I just kept saying yes when I didn't want to say yes. I to everything that I've I've done that has gotten me here to writing the book, putting the website out, opening the school. You know, I was like, who am I to do this? All of that. But I kept saying yes. And and the courage comes, the strength comes, the support comes. I hope you will consider joining me for Rebirth 2023, my most popular annual course. It kicks off on January 16th, and over two weeks, I will be bringing you various teaching modules on renewing your soul and charting your path. The experience includes exclusive channeled transmissions from my guides, the Z's, many delivered live, Qigong from Stephen Washington, a live Q&A, a community forum, support resources, and some special guest teachers and bonus content. To learn more, see the link below and use the code IMPACT10 for a 10% discount. Hello, welcome to Impact the World. Thank you for tuning in. And as ever, if you enjoy this show, do please subscribe, rate or review. It really helps us reach more people. You know, we've probably done 160, 170 shows now over the last three and a half years. And I often have conversations with people uh, that become my new favorite or the one that I feel very impacted by, but today is definitely one of my all-time favorite conversations on this show. My guest is Layla Delia, and I met Layla a few months ago after having seen her work out there for a couple of years and really admiring what she does, the way she does it. She is a master of weaving frequency around words and high vibrational words. I'm sure many of you have seen her inspirational quotes her book, Vibrate Higher Daily, has been incredibly successful over the last few years. But what I was most excited to talk to Layla about is having met her and been in her presence, she holds a grace and a strength in equal measure that when you learn what she has been through in her life and her journey, it's quite incredible how she is this very actualized symbol of transformation. So we talk a little bit about her life growing up in what is sometimes called the war zone in South Central LA and how that imprinted her and the work she did to overcome those imprints. But we also talk about her journey as a creator and a creative and someone who is devoted to frequency and the fact that all of us can vibrate higher daily. So it was a beautiful conversation. Uh, the one big takeaway I hope most of you will take from it is, as any kind of creator in life, whether you are putting things out into the world on a public level, or whether you are just creating the next version of you, or the next relationship, or the next thing in your life that you want to move yourself towards, the power of saying yes over and over again, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's difficult, allowing yourself to say yes to the things that might nudge you forward, how that underpins the way that Layla lives her life. And it's such a truth for all creators. So enjoy this conversation. You can find all of Layla's work at vibratehigherdaily.com. And as ever, we will put links in the show notes to all of her work. 
Layla, thank you so much for being here. I just told you I've been really excited about having this conversation with you and just having you here in the studio because I so admire your work and what you're doing hugely impacts the world. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Lee. And I reflect those same feelings, of course, as, as I have told you. And uh, the admiration is just so deeply mutual. And um, it's like a nunk and a mun nun bowing to each other. Um, so I, I say thank you. Thank you. And I want to give a shout out to our friend Mariam Hasna, Yay. who is how I first heard of you. I think it was 2020. Yes. Um, and she's special. And so, yeah, I just want to give her a shout out. Yes, Miriam told me about you as well. And so I feel like I have such a warm connection to you. And then another friend, uh, Beth Walker at Gaia, had introduced, uh, well, she thought she was introducing me to you. And I was just like, Lee Harris, like from Miriam. And we, you know, I made the connection. And um, so, yeah, and she was just very adamant, like, you should be on this podcast. <laughs> She's so. fabulous. And, and here we are. And here so, we are, Beth yeah. and Miriam. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things I love about your work is you have your book, Vibrate Higher Daily. You have your website, vibratehigherdaily.com. Mm -hmm. But I feel like one quote from you is like a very well-rounded meal. Mm. Like I can read one of your quotes and they are laser focused. They are grace filled. They mm. are awareness filled. And so I want to ask you about one of your quotes, mm. which hit me quite strongly. And this is more of a personal reflection from you. You said at many times I thought my life was too far gone to mend. Mm. Now, for those of us who know you as this advocate and beacon of we can vibrate higher, we can improve our lives. I, I was really struck by that sentence. And then I, I looked into your journey. So if you, if you wouldn't mind just yeah. sharing a little bit about how you got to this place where you knew that for your own life, you needed to learn how to vibrate higher daily. Yeah, well, thank you for those words. And thank you for seeing the work, seeing that just this purpose that is in the work. And it's very minimal the way I write. And that just summed up what my journey had to be. It was, it was so traumatic that I needed just, I, I couldn't have anything complicated. I needed everything to be minima, minimalist, minimalistic, wabi-sabi, um, just straight to the point in order to heal. When I think about you know, the teachers, the healings, the books, everything, I needed everything simple because I, I had no time. I had no time to heal if that makes sense, because the trauma was so real and it was so prevalent and it was coming for me still, you know, when I was, when I was leaving it. And so that just today continues to be the theme that shows up for me is, is minimalistic. Here it is straight to the point, but it's done with much grace and love. And I, I often think about the cliches. I've said this before, um, you know, some people are like, oh, it's so, it's so cliche. I hear people saying this, you know, when certain terms are out there, you know, rotating. But I love cliches. I love a good cliche because this is how our grandmothers used to talk. Mm. You know, like, baby, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, it's just water under the bridge. Um, but these were the words that carried us. And these were the words that spoke to our souls. And it was my grandmothers who had the most impact spiritually on me, my father included, but my grandmothers held this very warm, rich sense of ground. They were just so anchored. 
and, and what they were anchored in is what I am anchored in now coming after them. And that's that same energy. You know, it, it's almost like you can call it like a cliche. You can call it wabi-sabi. You can call it poetry, whatever it is. It's it's the frequency coming through it um, is is just to get right to people. Sometimes you don't have time, you know, to figure out what I'm saying. But it's something that your soul needs right now or something that when you're scrolling that you can digest, you can take in, but maybe digest later like, oh, I got it. So that's what that is. And I, I come from a background of... Growing up in a spiritual home, my father was a practicing Buddhist. My mother was a very strong Christian, a, a Christian crisis counselor at that. And then my grandmothers were church mothers. And I'm named after both my grandmothers, one Layla, one Delia. So that's mm. where my name comes from. Layla Delia is my first and middle name. And it's paying homage to my grandmothers. I, I wrote before that uh, your grandmother's prayers are still protecting you. Mm. And so... My going by my first and middle name is just paying homage to the women who really put soul into everything they did for me mm. and put nurturing and spirituality. And, and they used to take me with them, you know, serving the community, um, you know, being benevolent in the church. Um, and these memories are so strong. I talk about, about them in my book and having women like this when I was growing up, I didn't always realize how, how at, a, at a spiritual advantage that was for me until now, right? Because then I went through my own soul journey, you know, coming out of that. Um, I used to read for my grandmother, Layla. She had a third grade education. I would be the Bible reader in her women's group. They, she would have a Bible group for the mothers of the church, the elders, and I was the reader. And I remember falling in complete love with the Bible, reading it. It was just like, wow, I, I never thought to pick up a Bible, just read it, especially Proverbs and Psalms and Romans and Solomon. I was like, what is this? And I just wanted more. And um, being that I had different trauma, which I'll speak up, speak to, is um, when I was reading through Proverbs and Psalms and Romans, I saw myself. That was the first time any book I picked up was speaking to pain and and, you know, God help me out of this and, you know, stop, you know, stop the people who are traumatizing me, who are after me, who are trying to pursue me, you know, take me, help my spirit be still, you know, allow me to, you know, just lay by the, you know, the, the water, the, the waters and, 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 you know, be, uh, you know, be my shepherd, you know, just all these beautiful, no, and in Romans, um, no weapon formed against you shall prosper was like something that was a mantra for me growing up, mm. coming through trauma. So it was this beautiful book of sacred writing that I was able to read as a young girl that got me through. And these are mantras I would say when I was being later years, years, years later, beaten in relationships, um, beaten into the hospital, beaten into castes. And it, it was a very tumultuous soul journey that I chose to go, go, go through on a higher level for my, for my purpose in the world. And I do believe that, that I, I, was, I chose this path because I'm the one to get out of it and get through it. But when we come into these bodies, we have to forget. If not, we're gonna be like, peace, I'm out, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Never mind. I was just playing. I was just playing both times. <laughs> so, um, but it got really real. It got really real. I totally, you know, the, I forgot who I was. I didn't remember who I was in it. And um, it broke me down. This mm -hmm. life really broke me down in many ways, even though I had my beautiful family here. But Layla on her own soul journey was going through it. 
And my parents often didn't know because I had a, I was very shy, I was very inner. I had a couple instances of, of having um, certain spiritual abilities when I was younger that my family didn't know how to deal with. So I kind of went inward with all those gifts. Mm. So I just shut down. I just like, I'll go through this. And um, part of it too was I didn't, I didn't know what the replications were going to be. Like if I told like sexual, you know, sexual assault when I was younger, what my father would do, would he get retaliated against because I grew up in an inner city community where that could really happen. And I was protecting my father. I'm like, I'm good. I'll get through this and um, went from that um, healed. And there's a lot of highlights in between, a lot of, a lot of, you know, love in between, a lot of laughs and good times in between. So my life was really, it's, it's like a circus and an orchestra of trauma, of joy, of, of artistic expression, spiritual expression, spiritual covering, um, the soul having to go one more layer deeper in. Um, and when I got older in my 20s, the cycle for me came to an abrupt end. Um, I would say two parts. One, I coming out of the second relationship where I had to run for my life um, all the way to, you know, just run for my life from a situation that was abusive, uh, was a predator. You know, I found myself leaving an abusive relationship where I was in cast and in the hospital emergency rooms, cops knowing me, knowing me by first name, that kind of basis, mm -hmm. leaving that after two years um, to someone I thought was helping me. This person was a predator and and fast forward um two months later i'm dancing in a strip club mm. because this is a quick way i can make money mm. and i can get on my feet and i'm like mm, okay well i'm rock bottom so you know and again i come from the inner city and i'm like okay and and the, the thing we had then was like you know it's nothing but a thing you know like all right but you know where my soul was i didn't understand what all came with that still and um, it was more abuse, more trauma. I was in that for maybe three or four months and um, I got arrested. And when I got arrested, the police, the, the booking officer was like, you were not supposed to be here. Wow. You are not supposed to be here. When I went to my cell, the police officer who, who shut the door and I'm right there looking, they're like, you are not supposed to be here. If I was you, I would be doing this, I would be doing that. And those words were just run, you know, run, running through my head when I was serving my time. And I just remember being like, I cannot wait to get out of here. But when I got out, you know, the predator was the one picking me up, but it was a slow build mm. up until that point of me having a, so that was part one of me knowing like, this can't happen. And I, um, I, I moved through that situation and my body had an emergency the day that you know, it was a day, and I don't mean to traumatize anyone, but this is just my story. So I said, you love with covering and warmth <laughs> as you hear this. Um, but I was, I was, he beat me that day. And I had such a bad pain in my stomach. I left, and when I was in a hotel, um, an hour into the hotel, I had to go to the emergency room because I was, I thought it was because that. I remember him, you know, being very violent. And I get to the emergency room and I find out it's something completely unrelated. That was life-threatening. And had I not gone right then, I wouldn't have been alive. And um, it was it was just amazing how that put me in the hospital for seven days in order to just really hold space for me, a container. And uh, within that seven days, my sister who was in LA at the time, this time I happened to be in Texas for you know those relationships, and um, she was back home. Don't you know my my healer says you don't have he knows what this is. You don't have to take the surgery and he can see you a herb, herbal package overnight and you'll be okay. 
And I knew I couldn't do the herbal package in the hospital, but I trusted it. And I just told the surgeon, like, I'm not gonna have the surgery. And they were like, you have to have the surgery. And I'm like, nope, I was just very adamant. And so they gave me something to buy time, pass time. And I got out. By the time I got out, um, I went on this regimen really quickly. And I was able to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sum all this up really, really quickly, but I got on this plant medicine and it completely changed my life. It started to now, all the ways I was trying to make changes before, it was really started to make sense for me. Um, and I was like, what is in this plant medicine that is helping me change and leave relationships, not want to go back, not pick up the phone, not answering phones, you know, answering the phone for friends who I know don't mean me any good. You know, what, what is it that's making me not want to you know, eat all the food that I know is jeopardizing my health? And it was a plant medicine. And once I really got under a microscope with it, I understood that it was just all energy mm. and vibration and frequency. And that changed my life. And so everything that I write today is based out of that frequency, energy, and vibration, like Nikola Tesla would say. Um, but that's, that's where the work is for me. It's like everything is leading us back to our truth, which is where energy, frequency, and vibration, and how we can play and dance with those energies to heal us, to move us forward, to communicate, you know, to hold space. Um, it's just become a world that I am so grateful to be home back in. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And, and I think I was so struck by learning your backstory because mm. when I met you, I didn't meet you, it was a few months ago. Yeah. And the energy you hold, the grace you hold, the mm. frequency you hold, and then I read kind of everything you had gone through in your life and, and where you had come from. And of course, on the one hand, you read it and you're like, wow, what a journey you have had. Mm. And on the other hand, it makes complete sense to me that therefore you are able to resonate with millions because of the healing frequency that you've embodied. And mm. it's interesting, I've heard you refer to where you grew up, South Central LA, as the war zone, mm -hmm. which was news to me. And it's interesting yeah. hearing your family were all, in a way, working as healers in the war zone. You know, they were, they were points of healing, points of contact and mm -hmm. points of grace for people. Um, but of course, it doesn't escape. It doesn't mean you can necessarily escape living in that vibration and, and what it did to mm. your imprint at that time and then what you had to undo because you've spoken very eloquently about how uh, we basically play out our inner energy in our external world and until yeah. we've worked on the inner as well mm -hmm. and seen the signs in the external that we need to change, we, we can't get to that point. Yeah. And so I think, you know, your story is such testament to that mm. truth, which is figuring out who we are, remembering who we are and, and what we yeah. need at, at a soul level, rather yeah. than perhaps the patterns that we have been encouraged to play out or have been forced upon us by our environment. Yeah. 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 Page one of my book, Vibrate Higher Daily, um, it opens up. She remembered who she was and the game changed. And she remembered who she was and the game changed was the mantra that I was saying to get out one of the deepest, toughest situations of my life. And it still continues to be a mantra for me today. You know, just in, in every way, like it's so applicable. And, um, and it's like the number one quote I see everywhere, people using it, it's on graduation caps, tattoos. and I have it here on my notes, yeah, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to say it now, but it's, it's one of the ones that I, yeah, yeah that, that hit you me. Know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, he, she, they remember who they were. Like, and then the, the game just changes. You're like, oh, that's right. 
That's right. I'm the hero of my own story. Yeah. And um, getting to that point of your personal power is just so freeing. And it comes with a lot of work. But but for me, it was like realizing that I was able to like just surrender into that work. And that was my safest space I could possibly be in, even though it's challenging and hard. It's nowhere as hard as me being outside of that. Mm. Right outside of that purpose, it just I know what that is, and I don't want to do that anymore. And um, and you know there was suicidal ideation, you know during that time, um, attempt during that time, and and again, I'm just so grateful that I talk about in the book that you know that the Most High does not allow our dark nights to have the final say. Mm. You know that life does not have to end where you may think it's trying to end at. And for me, when I look back, it was always the rebirth happening. You know, especially those toughest times was like right beyond that was a powerful rebirth mm. there. And, and uh, I remember just, you know, sitting in church with my grandmothers, my family and singing songs like, you know, it's it's, you know, the the break right before the the dawn, you know, the darkest night, you know, the break is coming. And um, and just singing all these hymns and songs and spirituals and gospel songs that we're talking about getting you through those dark nights. And it's beautiful to learn that that dark night was really a theme. Like that's mm-hmm. a thing that goes back to um, uh, Jose de la Cruz, you know, um, John of the Cross. And I think that it's such a beautiful passage of, of teachings that travels from generation to culture just to teach us that the dark night of the soul is, is not where you're supposed to give up even though it feels like it is. It's yeah. such a transformation, transformational space and I teach about it and I call it the liminal space as well. It's like not where you used to be, not where you're headed, but it's that in-between space, the void, the sticky place where you're like, what is this? <laughs> Come help. Um, but if we can just hold on and, and find ourselves in it, which we're supposed to do, that's the place that is going to be the most transformative and the manifestation power there is is like brilliant. You know, if, if, I, if I get bored and I'm like, something's not coming through that I'm waiting for, I make sure that I that I look and say, okay, am I going through a dark night in any kind of way? Whether it's, you know, it doesn't feel like how it used to feel, but it feels heavy for me now, right? However that is, or am I in a liminal space? And then I, I say, oh, okay, I'm supposed to work with this to come out lighter and, and transformed. So it's just, it's this beautiful dance. And now it's, it's almost, not almost, but it is. It's, I find it very fascinating. Mm. It's not scary anymore. It's, it's truly fascinating. And, and I'm just like this, this, I geek out on it now. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I can break it down. And, and that's how I got into this work, being able to break down the energetics and, and knowing, helping friends and family and just knowing what they're going through and understanding, seeing. I, I realized I had a gift to see energy, frequency, vibration in situations and things and people. And um, it's just like putting puzzles together. Yeah, mm. so beautiful. And in your words, Transmutation. Grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds form under pressure. Olives are pressed to release oil. Seeds grow in darkness. Mm. Whenever you feel crushed, under pressure, pressed, or in darkness, you're in a powerful place of transformation and transmutation. And you and I spoke just before we began recording this. We were talking about this massive change that the world has gone through the last few years. You know, this is the beginning of 2023. And mm-hmm. we were both saying that we feel like only now are we beginning to start to come out of everything since 2020. What's your perspective on 
in some ways the dark night of the soul that we've been going through as a world and in other ways the the light that has cracked open for certain people because we were all broken out of our patterns and had to question certain things about life that we either took for granted or saw Mm. differently yeah i see it as just that it was it was the perfect storm to wake us up to actually give us a new stabilization and where we were docile before where where life was mundane before where we were just you know going along to get along and where we where we were just not in our worth at jobs taking things that didn't really serve us relationships whether it's it's a it's a way of life a lifestyle a career choice now we're looking at all different Mm. now we're talking about having boundaries now we're talking about what's my purpose there are more entrepreneurs now than ever before Um, content creator was pretty much not a thing before like we had we had to step into what i believe is such a beautiful part of our own spirituality is create creativity you know it, we're, we're a reflection of the creator the divine creator and for us to really fall back like that's what's saving us now hasn't it always like creativity has always saved humanity during yep. every big shift that we've had and so now we're all taking our power back. We're remembering who we are. We're finding out we're, we're writers, we're dancers, we're singers, we're business owners. You know, we're not just these robots we thought we were. You know, we're not just this flesh. It's more like we're learning the depth of who we are and we're seeing each other as, as more than just, oh, that's my friend from work. No, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is, this is my friend who offers breath work and helps people through their, their, through their trauma and healing. Like how beautiful. So. I believe that it was necessary to shift us, to wake us up. And again, we were, you know, just like you you were just reading the words from the book, we were pressed to release oil. Mm -hmm. You know, we were being formed under darkness, you know. And so it's just remembering that a seed, like it's it's almost like a seed, a seed has to crack open, you know, to germinate. And so what is cracking us open is also helping us germinate and bloom and grow into something bigger and better. And it's going to take root. It's, it's taking root. It's going to continue. But I, I love that right now we're not. If, and if we can see, I love it right now. And it seems like we're doing it so well that these are not the worst of times, hmm. even though it feels like it is. But if we if we would go back and ask our grandparents and then their grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, we, we would have like <laughs> yep. it'd be a completely different conversation of like what feels like a hard time, you know. Yeah. And so that's my that's where I put things into perspective for me. It's like as much as the pandemic was difficult, that this doesn't draw a match to even my own trauma growing up. The things I had to survive, oh, this is nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a cakewalk or that's what informed me to get through it. I'm like, girl, you've been through worse. <laughs> and that's the, you know, that's something that I, I often, you know, remember what you've been through, remember who you are. And that means remembering what you've been through and you've been through worse. Um, Someone in your family has been through worse. So just always, or someone is going through worse now. So it's just like putting things into perspective and saying, wow, I still have choice and agency to to choose where I want to move in this, how I want to turn, where I want to pivot, because some people don't have that choice. Some people Mm -hmm. left without having that choice. And so, um, so yeah, it's just a space of gratitude and expansion for us all, I believe, Mm -hmm. to to really, to really journey forward and and grace. Mm -hmm. My goodness, it took us 
journey in grace is one of my mantras that I say, and we had to journey in the most grace, especially business owners, um, people trying to figure it out, mothers, you know, just partners, like how are we gonna coexist? How are we gonna, how am I gonna, you know, be with my family, help my family, help myself? How am I gonna help my customers, my, all of it. Like we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. And, and sometimes we still don't. And that's just part of the journey. That's, that's the mystique. Yeah. And it's so funny, isn't it? Because I know I was trained to never consider that we don't know what we're doing. You yeah, know, I was right. told, well, this is what you're supposed to do and this is what yeah. you do next. And I feel like where we're at as a society yeah. today, there is so much more awareness around yeah. the strange ups and downs of being a human being. Mm -hmm. And there's space for that rather than having to, you know, put a happy face on things or not yeah. talk about things. I've never heard the word trauma used in society as much as I have in the last three or four years, yeah. which is fantastic because yeah. that awareness is beginning to seep in. Right, yeah, absolutely. I wanna ask you, when did you, what, what was the turning point for you that put you and your work out into the world? What was the moment where mm. the writer in you, the sage in you, the voice in you shared something because I, I don't actually think I know that, yeah. that part of your journey. So yeah, share with us what what yeah. what took you from being an advocate for healing and a student of healing to being a voice for healing in the world. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I would say I started writing online way back in MySpace. Remember the MySpace oh, days? I do. I had a MySpace page for Wasn't my music. Great? Yeah, yeah. Was, I miss it. It's, it was, it's it was so sweet. good. You had the you could have your profile music yeah, and yeah, your all your yeah. we, everyone knew how to code kind yeah, of back then. Yeah. Um, I loved that and what I used to use my MySpace. I had it for two reasons: for friends, family. I would always have positive things on there, and I was going through complete chaos in my life, but it was cathartic for me. It was a way for me to express like things that were going through my head. And and my writing dates back to which is an interesting connection to high school. Uh, one of my teachers recognized some of my writing and it was actually a teacher. I was a TA for her class. She was the art teacher. I wasn't even in the art class. I was just a TA supporting her in the art class, but she recognized my writings and she uh, challenged me to get into a poetry contest off of what she saw like in my journal. And I was like, no way. Again, I was shy growing up. And, but you know, she being her beautiful self, she's an earth angel. She, you know, just more and more poured into me. And eventually I became more confident in it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And fast forward, I won first place. It was a nationwide competition for high school students. And I won first place now. And I was published at that time. And you would think that I would like go on to keep, oh, I'm a writer now. I did not do anything with the writing after that not one thing and it wasn't until really that i started to write in that form beyond myspace because myspace was just like feel good stuff but it wasn't until i went through i would say a deeper level of healing in 19 in uh, 19 2000 maybe 10 mm. 2010 and by that point myspace was long gone facebook was a thing but facebook didn't feel really a place where i could just freely let go I was I was sharing and that's kind of where I started building a, a following for my writing but I knew that there was another level it was more of like um, helping people with like you know circumstances situations and giving advice like that mm -hmm. free free column on Facebook basically but I wanted to express a different side of my writing that I didn't realize at the time was speaking more to my poetic side and so I went to Tumblr 
this was 2010, so this was the prime right. time Tumblr days. So I was part of that original Tumblr kids, like the, they call them the Tumblr kids, the original writers of Tumblr. And my writing there took off very fast. And I was like, whoa. Like, cause, and I, I used a pseudonym, uh-huh. Loveless. I used Loveless during that time to write. So no one really knew it was me. And I, I would just start seeing my writing get upwards to like 100,000 um, you know, reshares and just, it was just happening so fast. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. But I stayed a pseudonym on there for about two years. And so finally, I, one day I was just like, okay, I'm gonna ask me anything. You know, I'm gonna, there was an option to ask you anything. And people were just like, you're, everything that I was getting in was like, it wasn't a question. It was just like, your writing is changing my life. Mm. Thank you so much. I want you to do more. Can you start a YouTube channel? You know, it was just that. And so I realized the impact it was having. And the part of me that was shy and hiding and dimming my light and hiding behind all of that, um, knew that it was time to step forward. So I went from loveless to Layla loveless. So it was like a, 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 a first step to showing myself was just the name, putting my first name with my pseudonym, loveless. And I used that for a while. And then um, about two years later, Layla Delia, I started using Layla Delia. I came all the way out with it. And that's when I also went to Instagram and started showing myself more. And everything just started just really forming community around the way I wrote and people were just saying how it's just a different style and it was just like something they never experienced before and I just kept saying yes to it it was I, I was experiencing it with them you know when I when I get the channels to write and and what to say they they just come through me mm-hmm. you know it's like a current that comes through mm-hmm. and I'm just like yes and I've begun I've begun now I have a relationship with that channel now where before I was just not even aware that it was a channel. I was just, you know, doing the writing all those years. But now, the, the I guess through maturation, you know, just this maturity in me um, as a writer just really loves to honor where that comes from now. And that's just part of my spiritual path even, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel called to ask you about self-worth and your work. Because I I often think that those of us who create things that we want to share with the world, I know I went through my version of this, but I I hear this from people all the time. There is an idea about validation Mm -hmm. that for some creators is required. Well, I need to be validated. Or sometimes there's this idea that external validation is going to solve your life, fix your life, (laughs) like show you the way. And, you know, we've learned from hearing about that journey from so many creators that that often isn't true. I'm curious for you, when you won the poetry competition, which is a big deal nationwide, you came first. Mm. You say that that didn't spur you on to see yourself as a writer. But what did it do? Like, do you remember how you felt about that? Or Mm -hmm. I'm just curious to to drop in with you there before we talk a little bit about what happened when your work grew in the world. Yeah. Wow, that is such a beautiful, touching, that's even such a touching question for me because I've never been asked that. I've never even thought to look at that. And yeah, at that moment, as a young person, I remember spending a few days just in awe of like, wow, me? Like like something in me was good enough to win first place in a nationwide competition Mm -hmm. of straight writers, like real poets, like who do this, do this. And it was, it was like, ah, you know, and yeah. And it was just this warm feeling. 
but I didn't know what to do with that warm. I didn't know what to do with that win, you know, that, that, that win. And so how I see it now is that it was a beautiful seed that was just planted and it was germinating the whole entire time. It was taking in all of my experiences, everything I went through, everyone I was meeting, and it was building me up as a writer, who I would, who, who I'd become now, of course. And so when I look back at her, I'm thanking her. Thank you for saying yes back then. You were scared, 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 but you said yes to your teacher. And my teacher, uh, Miss Pam, I always thank her so often in my head because beyond the writing, she, I would stay with her, stay with her after class and paint with her. We would just talk and mm -hmm. she would allow me to sell, you know, use her brushes. And I ended up making a, a side job painting in her class. Like that was just a fun thing. And I was, people were buying my paintings, That's like my, my family and, and, and friends. And so she was a, a teacher who really saw something in me. I often say she was an earth angel, like mm. literally, I believe in, you know, at different points in our lives and, and times they show up to guide us. And so she put that self, she helped build the self-worth within me um, that was already there germinating from my father and grandmothers, but she again watered it, you know, when I came through her, her garden. And then I, I went on, you know, went on to, explore the world and and i'm so grateful that all those seeds that all these beautiful people planted in me were never 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 taken away it's beautiful. i was able to access them still and I'm, yeah. i still am yeah yeah and i mean it's very obvious to me i mean i'm thrilled that your work reaches millions of people because it touches mm -hmm. me personally and i just look at it as really good medicine for the world you know mm -hmm. you're one of those people and there are many out there but you're one of those people who when i first came across your work i'm like Oh, I'm so glad this is hitting so many people. Mm. But why, what do you think is the personal purpose for you of connecting with all these people? Because of course we can look at it and go, well, great, it's good for the world. Yeah. It's great that it's resonating with people. What do you think in your personal soul journey at this point in your life, mm. this role for you of being this ambassador of all of these channeled writings that are helping uplift people. Yeah. Do you have a sense of what it means for you personally, your own personal journey to be in this role right now? Yeah, I, I believe that it is, it's, it's almost like a lot of my timelines are collapsing mm. into one and it's time to really stand in that. A lot, a lot of my journey has caused me to be fragmented. You know, I had to be her over here and her over there and she had to hide and she was in terror and she was healing. She was looking for family. She was looking for support. So that even getting into the work, that was still a case, even writing my book, that was still a case. And it wasn't honestly until this winter working with mentors of mine who helped me see that, like, it's okay for them to come home now, you know, to call them back now. And that was so important for me that I had to do all this work on myself, all this work on myself, but also my life's mission as well is, is on myself is to help humanity. And the way I'm doing that is to continually go, get into the fire, you know, to mm -hmm. say yes, to surrender, to not back down when challenges come. And with this challenge of, of saying yes to all of me means more amplification of self, like within, like you're gonna have to carry more, you're gonna be called to do more, show up more. And for me, that showing up has always been a space where I could always gauge how much healing I've come through and how much healing I still have to go through. 
um, how much I want to show up because it was historically comfortable, comfortably, again, the pseudonym for me to hide, um, for me to play low, you know, lay low. The, the poetry contest, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want it. I'm good. But now to, to say, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to stand in this. And, and I see this work all the more because I get it so often where um, people who read, they, they're asking for more. Like, can you, and, and they'll kind of say the same thing. And it's like this theme, this theme that I see is, 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 is rotating and around me is um, be seen more. We want to see you more. Take up more space. Don't hide. And that's been my theme ongoing for, for a year, many years. And so this work is calling me out to a more um, grounded sense of myself in the world. Mm. And even I can hear my soul pushing me to say that because I don't want to say that. But I'm being honest right here in front of you, Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the community, um, that that's where I am. And, and it feels uncomfortable. But again, I'm like... I know I have to go right there to that uncomfortability because that's where the growth is. That's where the path is opening right there. It doesn't open where you're closed and comfortable. It opens. So I, I pray that this can inspire someone out there who, who you know, want, because I just kept saying yes when I didn't want to say yes. I, to everything that I've, I've done that has gotten me here to writing the book, putting the website out, opening the school, you know, I was like, who am I to do this? All of that. I kept saying yes, and and the courage comes, the strength comes, the support comes, but it's just if you if you if you if you have to crawl on the ground, just say yes, yes, yes. If you just have to mummer it, just say yes. And um, I found that yes to be just so perfect. Like just it's just it's like a wand, mm -hmm. yes, and it gets everything stirred into motion, and um, and then that gravity of like you and your purpose and your mission, everything now starts to formulate because you're right in the yes where you need to be. And so that's where I am now. I think it's in the yes and it's, it's keeping me in the yes. This work is keeping, like sometimes like, oh, I'm you know, coming out of 2020, 2021, 2022, I'm like, ah, oh, oh wait, that, okay, I gotta create that. Oh, okay, uh, oh, that too, you know? So it yeah. just like keeps pulling you back up. And then, you, but one of the main things is take rest, <laughs> you know, make sure you're tending to self, take rest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I love so much of what you just said, and I relate to much of what you just said, so I'm sure everyone else will. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think one of, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do this show was because as a creative person, mm. I've always been inspired by hearing about the creative process. Yeah. Not the end result. I mean, the end results are lovely, and I'm grateful mm. to all the creators whose end results yeah. have enhanced my life. But for me... The creative process when I was growing up was was mystified and concealed. Yeah. Like we were often looking at the end result and you're like, wow, that wow, lucky them, or oh that and I'm like, you actually unpack that with the person who had that end result. And there's a fascinating and yeah. sometimes very difficult human journey that got them there. And to me, that's where the transformation and the growth has always come. So I love yeah. that you are, you know, sharing some of that behind the scenes for you because it's so universal, I think. Yeah. The fragmentation piece I really relate to, I feel mm. for myself, fragmentation is the, um, was the end result of being willing to be a bit bolder each time mm. and stand for something a bit yeah. more each time, even when I was nervous. And then yeah. you have people come up to you and they're like, you're so confident doing that. And I'm mm. like, no, I, I actually, I was pushing myself through my fear. Like yeah. I wasn't just, confident and actually that's kind of a healing journey for any creator whether you are someone who is 
reaching lots of people like you are with your work mm -hmm. or whether you're someone who goes, I'm going to be a parent and I'm absolutely terrified yeah. that I might not be good enough to be a parent or that I don't know how to parent or that I didn't have a good model behind me. But actually, when you say yes to being a parent, sure, a baby's going to appear or a child, mm. but actually what's going to appear is a very new you. Uh, and you're wow. going to have to, the old you is going to have to die off mm. and the new you is going to have to appear. And I say that as someone who isn't a parent in this life, but I often, I often find my parallels around yeah. the parenting side of life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I think the transformation journey isn't something you can put a neat bow on yeah. or just say, is this lovely thing? I think it's, it's everything that we pour ourselves into and and it does just keep asking us to say yes and pulling us forward. And mm -hmm. I so relate to what you said about coming out of 2020 and 2021 <laughs> and 2022. Just kind of gone through that a little yeah. bit where I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I, I feel like yeah. things just caught up with me a little bit in the last month or so. And so I, yeah. it's caused me to reevaluate things. Yeah. yeah. And that reevaluation, re like sitting in that, it's like we have to remind ourselves it's OK to be here. You know, like I don't have to be anywhere else but here. Yes. You know, this is this is the space to think and to and to reflect and to contemplate. And that is such a beautiful part of the creative process that we sometimes like forget about because yeah. of the busier parts, you know. Definitely. And and just to be caught and that's the liminal space that I, I, I speak about is like to be brought right back to that in between that void. Like, okay, you know, and then sometimes you're like, What do I fill the void with? You know, what do I do mm -hmm. here? You know, okay. <laughs> But as we continue to just stay there, all the parts come, you know, the, the pieces will come into play. But that liminal space is such, I, I, I often say journey, journey and grace in the liminal space. Mm. That is such a powerful place to be. But yeah. And then I see the parent um, energy in you very strong. Like when I'm around you, like it's just. You, I feel it a lot. Yeah. You, you, you give beautiful, beautiful parent energy. Mm. Yeah. And you, I mean, you parent in your work, you know. I, I feel like yeah. I feel especially the last four or five years as, as things have grown and we have a bigger team and yeah. yeah I feel I feel like I became a parent totally totally <laughs> um speaking of parenting mm. um I'm very fortunate to have met your incredible daughter India oh, I haven't met your son but I'm I have no doubt he is as special and magical as as India is and one of the things I, I shared with you in India is meeting you two is not necessarily like meeting a traditional mother and daughter. Mm. I understand that you're mother and daughter, yeah. but you're this incredible soul friend force. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a huge question, but tell me what parenting, you know, how has that impacted your life? Perhaps it's easier for me to say this to you today. Yeah. How is parenting impacting or changing your life at this moment in your life? Yeah, it's, it's making me ever grateful and aware that we have a team and we have a team with us and you'll go through life and find your team. Maybe it's going to be your best friends, some relatives, a partner, but it's like it takes, it takes being deliberate when you're with your team to realize they're your team. Mm. And then for all parts to say yes. We are going to coexist as a team and to operate as a team and not, you know, not as adversaries against each other, because a lot of times that can happen. You can come in with your team and, and, and reunite and you forget and you're adversaries again. But 
to remember that you're a team and that we all want to keep showing up like this every day, you know, supporting each other. And and one day you may be the leader of the team. The, the next day it might be someone else. Right. And and or throughout the course of the day, we you know, we switch roles. And I think that that's what for me, high vibrational, what I call high vibrational parenting is about. It's letting your children pour into you, you pouring into your children, because it's important to allow your, your children to sometimes see the vulnerable side of you through conversation or let them see you working out challenges um, so that they can learn how to as well. They're mm -hmm. growing with you and, and they're, they're growing and going with you. Where are you taking them you know, as a parent? And uh, it's a relationship. So the ship is moving somewhere. And, and I often say in that book is that um, a better word for relationship is nurtureship. Mm -hmm. And so we, we nurture each other. We, we make each other tonics. We make each other, you know, meals. And we, we sit and we have, we, we, we're deliberate about having fun together, dancing together, laughing together, singing together, playing together, um, having spiritual community together. It was important for me coming from my background, I knew the impact that spiritual community had on me when I was younger to be able to, you know, sit at the knees of these spiritual giant women in my life who, you know, who were just amazing and, or be in my church choir. I was always in the choir up until almost 32, I think, always in a church choir. I miss it. Um, if there's a choir out there, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm missing my church choir. Um, so I want to be in one again now. I've been, that's something I think I'm manifesting it. Um, but we, I knew that warm feeling, those memories I had growing up, that I'm definitely bringing that with me into parenting. And so I'm very deliberate about that. And so right now that's giving me a sense of purpose that these, these, the, the, the lives of these youth are with me, but I was a youth at one moment. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, what were the parts I needed? What, what was that again? I needed that, I needed this, and to remember that when they're going through, and then to be open. And then to also, I would say, um, for me to pour into their gifts, I'm finding that really interesting because I'm, I'm looking and seeing, and I parent in a way they both, even though we're, we're in one unit, I understand that this one's playing that role, this one's playing that role. We support each other, but we show up differently. And I, I'm, I'm so, I would say I'm a fan of who they are. Mm. I literally am, and I hold space for them to talk how they need to talk, express how they need to express, as long as they're doing it in a way that's not gonna cause trauma to themselves or anyone else. Like I'm all for children just being completely free to express who they are. And, and when they do need help so they don't harm themselves or anyone else, it's about doing it in a way with patience and long suffering sometimes. I know some parents have this, this thing of, of, my children are not getting it and they're frustrated with their teens and, but that, don't forget about long suffering. I know we live in a very instant world right now, but families have stuck together through generations, through long suffering, and going back to those spiritual tools that really held, held, held us together. And parenting is that, um, but be the change that you wanna see in your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that always reminds me, um, be the change that you wanna see in yourself and in the world to your children. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that, and that always keeps me in check and <laughs> in perspective, yeah. It's yeah, beautiful. Well, it's funny, you just mentioned something, and I think this will be the last, the last question I have for you, but you talked about the choir and being in choirs. And mm. one thing I got to hear is you did this beautiful collaboration with Londrell. Mm. Um, and I've heard you, I think it was an interview that I heard you on, 
you spoke very eloquently about hip hop and the power and the beauty of hip hop music, but the low vibration that you recognized in the words of certain hip hop at a certain point. And so you, you caught that it was those words are dampening the power of what this could be. And Mm. so you, you held a really conscious intention around how can we take this incredible music and this art yeah. and and lift it up. And I think I've always struggled with that a little bit because I love the production in incredible hip-hop music and the musicality and the mm-hmm. rhythm. But sometimes the, the lyrics just block me out. It depends on yeah. who the artist is. So I love that you have branched out into this collaboration and, and you introduced me to Londrell, who's incredible. Yes. But yeah, I'm just curious about, about that sharing and, and just... You spoke so eloquently about the power of words and how important those vibrational words are and how they impact us. So yeah, hip hop, grew up on hip hop, hardcore, big time. And it's funny because some of my close friends know now, um, I know every single lyric to like almost every single hip hop song in the 80s. I mean, we're talking every kind of vibration you can think of. The okay. lyrics. Lyrics should be like, oh, you know those lyrics? Yes, I know the <laughs> lyrics and used to sing them like mantras. But that's it. I didn't realize it was, a, it was a mantra. And once I realized that music was one of the first forms of medicine and it's one of the most powerful and potent forms of medicine or poison, um, everything changed for me when I was understanding frequency in, in music, frequency in words. And and that's that's the work I do. I work with you know the energetics of words. That's what I do. Like I, The way I write... Um, is very energetic. It has to have a certain feel for me. It, it's a, it's an energy, a frequency I'm feeling. So knowing that what that does, and I'm understanding energy and frequency and vibration, I was looking at the lyrics. I was like, oh, that's why once I began to heal, this didn't feel good in my body. Now, we can, it feels good, but what's feeling good is the, the, the frequency of the music, the beats, you know, they're very ancestral. They're they are doing a lot to your root. They're getting things moving. Motion moves emotion. It's making you want to move. You're feeling better because you're moving. But we have to remember that words are spelling. And we have to be very mindful and careful of what words we're allowing to spell into our lives. Mm-hmm. And I remember just it, my conviction came for me personally through my, my own energetics was like, I can't keep singing these beautiful, even R&B songs or, you know, pop songs and, and, and old 70s songs about being heartbroken. You know, I, I, that stopped for me too. So I'm, I'm very extreme with it here, but I'm, I'm not saying everyone else has to be extreme, but like, I am not just gonna, mon- now I, I listen to, you know, just certain, I still don't listen to hardcore hip hop anymore. I just can't do that. That came offline for me, but, um, and, and I wanna say to some people, your calling and your work may put you there. Mm. You may not be able to do what everybody else does, right? You may have a roommate, a partner, a sister, a cousin, a child who doesn't understand, why can't you listen to this? How come you don't wanna hear this when you're around me? I can't. And, and that's just one of my non-negotiables. Like that's not allowed into my energy field. Some, for some people, it may be substances. For other people, it may be a certain place they can't go, or some people, it's all of it. Um, but you have to know what your non-negotiables are. And, and being that these words for me, and, and now it's no, it's, it's no more guessing, you know, this is the work I'm in. I'm in the, the, wor- the, the work of words, you know, yeah. the work of words. And so I am, a lot of what I'm undoing in the lives 
through my readers is is exactly the opposite of what that music does. You know, it's causing low self-esteem, it's disrupting the endocrine system, the nervous system, the immune system. It's these words, words can do this. And you think about when, if you put a picture, I remember in the 2000s, there was a picture going on line of a little boy who he just looked so stressed and tired and crying. And the caption was like, be careful of the words you speak to your children. Mm. You know, they're, they're making a difference, something like that. So it's just like words literally have a, they have a physical, energetic, a physiological effect, neurological effect on us, spiritual effect. So that was my thing. So I challenge, um, and what you, what you were speaking to is like, I'm challenging artists to raise the vibration. You know, how can you express yourself? And a lot of people say, well, it's just the tone. Like, you know, it's just the, you know, you just feel good when you can say a cuss word or, you know, you feel good when you can say something this way. Well, let's expand that. Like, what are other ways that you can do that? And I, as a writer, have done that so many times. So I, you know, it'd be fun for me some, I don't know in what capacity I could ever do do with that. Um, You know, if that's possible, that'll come into flourishing. But, um, you know, make yourself grow. Like I have tried, one of the practices I do for writing is to write the same thing many different ways. I love that practice. It's such a beautiful practice for anyone who's looking to be a writer and to express yourself and to find your tone, first of all. Um, but it, it teaches you how to expand the same conversation. And, and as a parent, you need to do that. You know, you don't talk the same way to each child. You may not say the same you know, sentence or convey the same communication to a group of people. Like maybe this one has to get it that way. That one has to get it that way. And I think that when it's all wrapped up as for me, I see the toxicity in it because I see what it's birthing out in the culture, what it birthed out in us. It was reinforcing for me growing up in the 90s in in Los Angeles, the war zone community that it was called because of the homicide rate and and the crime rate, the, the stats that we were living in at that time. Um, it was just reinforcing what we did. And I strategically remember putting on certain songs when I was younger to get me revved up to do some nonsense. Mm. You know what I mean? Totally. The same way now I put on high vibrational music to just really get my senses together, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to, to decompress and to be, to find my center, um, music does that. Mm. And so the artist needs to step, step to the mic with, with a higher sense of reverence for the art form of music, I believe. Um, but first they need to be educated on it, right? And and not lured with the dangling carrots of fame and riches and all that. I mean, the oldest trick in the book, you know, yeah. the oldest trick in the book. But um, I, I definitely challenge artists to raise a vibration and not just because that's a catchy thing to say or a catchy thing, you know, to, to, to look into, but because ultimately beyond, beyond your our small little time frame here, you know, we're here to also, are here as artists, we're here to also as soul beings, remember who we are and change the game. And at some point, um, I pray the artists wake up and, and many of them are. I'm hearing a lot of them use Vibrate Higher, like that's a, that's a thing now. A lot of people are you, Diddy, uh, Snoop Dogg, Janet. Um, I mean, so many art, people tag me in all their stuff all the time. And so it's happening. And, and Lundrell and I, again, Lundrell, I'm just so grateful to be able to work with him as he's one of these artists. You're one of the artists, you know, like we're just, we're slowly taking the narrative and offering people another way of being in the world with music. And, mm. and I just love it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that's the work. Yeah. And then lastly, if I can say, it just yeah. came through too, is that music, we consume, we consume music. You know, it's just like a meal. That's, a, that's an energetic meal, right? So what are you going to look like 
after you know nurturing yourself with or you know consuming that's not even nurturing it's consuming that type of food energetically what is that going to build in your life self-esteem wise self-worth wise energy magnetic wise even mm -hmm. you know subconsciously like what is that building so um so yeah just just look into that high vibrational music mm. game changing mm. Mm. yeah Layla, thank you so much this has been such a treat and you know that that there are so many things i could say about you but the thing i most appreciate about you i think in this moment you're mm. from the future Mm. and you're seeding the future and mm. yeah I just I'm really grateful for that and grateful to have this time and this conversation with you and everything that you've just shared with our community here on Impact the World. Yeah thank you so much for having me and holding just this beautiful sacred safe space. Thank you Lee. Thank you. So you can find Layla and all of her work at vibratehigherdaily.com you can get her book, Vibrate Higher Daily, and she also has the Sacred Sundays newsletter, which you can sign up for. So I highly recommend, if you don't already know Layla's work, please check it out. We will, as ever, put the links to her work and website in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time on Impact the World. I hope you can join me for Rebirth 2023. This will be our sixth year of holding a rebirth experience in January. And it's something that I originally created because I recognize that the end of a year and the beginning of a new year is a very potent and fertile time for us to let go of what we have walked through and call in what we would like to call in for the year ahead. So as well as practical and grounded guidance around how we do that and open to that, I also bring in my guides who will be very specifically working with the energy of 2023 and what we are about to walk into to help us center, ground, but also call in what it is that we want to next create. The Rebirth experience is very multidimensional. We have everything from Qigong to dance to channeling to grounded teaching to energy exercises to meditations to music. We try and bring you as much as we possibly can in as rounded an experience as we can offer so that you can really immerse yourself in one of the themes for this year, which is renew your soul. It's something we all need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So a huge focus of Rebirth this year is renew your soul. And the other side of it is chart your path, helping you to map out the year that you're walking into with intention, with clarity, and with joy. So we look forward to you joining us for Rebirth 2023, where you can renew your soul and chart your path.